is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Thank you so much. It is great to see so many of you here. You have chosen really well. <laughs> you have. Really confident that God is going to do wonderful things today. My name's Rupert, and this is Izzy, uh, my wife. We're a part of Jubilee Church, and I serve on the eldership team uh, here in Derby. And we just want to introduce Joe, who's going to be speaking to you today. Joe and Paul, and her husband Paul, it's wonderful to have them with us. They've had uh, a, an ongoing friendship and relationship with us in Jubilee Church Derby for some years now, originally coming up to launch the very first um, Pursuing His Presence uh, several years ago now. And Joe serves as a deacon uh, in Life Spring Church down in Horsham and has a particular responsibility for stewarding the growth and development of the prophetic. And I'll let her explain about her uh, passion. It's, it's, it's wonderful, it's inspiring, and she is hi- highly gifted in it, and God uses her wonderfully in that way. And uh, they both enjoy teaching and reading, and have two grown-up children, and um, that's, that's those are the kind of facts, but Izzy's just going to share a little bit of our heart and why we appreciate and value them so much. Thank you. Um, we've known Jo as part of our church for three or four years. She's come across to serve on this conference um, and also popped in to see us at different times as well. And I just want to ask you to receive what she says today with a really soft and open heart. I just want to really commend her to you. She has stood with us through hard times and prayed with us and seen miracles with us Um <laughs> And she is kind, and she's faithful, and she's full of integrity, mm. and she really knows what she's talking about as well. So that's a fantastic mix of things. So yeah, um, here is Joe McCullough. Follow that one. I'm not sure. Say very much more about myself. Apart from, it's great to be here. It's great to share, have this time to relax a bit and share together and uh, meet with God together. Um, As Rupert said, um, my passion is to see people uh, equipped uh, and to in the prophetic and to grow into a maturity in using the gift uh, in church and outside of the walls of the church. And I'm going to talk a a bit about that this afternoon. But I just have a, a passion to see people really equipped, really able to share the gift, to use the gift in a mature way and see God break in in all sorts of ways. So, um, yeah, it's my privilege, actually, to be here this afternoon. And I just wanted to start. Is there anybody here who is, like, involved in pioneering, leading a prophetic group or a prophetic ministry in their church? Anyone involved in leadership in that capacity? (laughs) Well, I've got a couple of books here written. These are... Uh, if you, I don't know if anybody's seen this. This is called Developing Prophetic Culture, Building Healthy Churches That Hear Jesus Clearly. And it's written by my friend Phil Wilthew from the King's Arms Church in Bedford. Um, it's an absolutely brilliant book to help you to build a prophetic culture. So, um, hands up again. Arts, are you ladies in the same church? Oh, well, I'll just have to give it to one of you. <laughs> Uh, and I know I can give that one to the other lady because I can get another one for Rupert and Izzy there you are 
take it away, share it, hand it around to people. Um, you can dip in and out of it, you can read the whole lot. It's an amazing book and it's, I found it really, really helpful in what uh, I've been doing with teams in our situation. So this afternoon, we're looking at taking risks and growing in your gift, or growing in your gift and taking risks. They're connected, aren't they? Um, and uh, we've just, a team of us have just got back from uh, a week in Zambia, um, just on Tuesday morning. Uh, and I have to tell you, I had to take so many risks there. I looked at my schedule and thought, oh gosh, we're in Derby. I'm, I'm just exhausted from taking risks. Uh, and I know this afternoon I ha come here and I take another risk. Um, and I just want to start by doing that. Is there anybody in the room called Penny? No? Good way to start, isn't it? I got it wrong. <laughs> Uh, just had that name in my mind, so I just thought I'd go for it. But it doesn't matter whether I got it right or wrong. God still loves me. So that's a good way to start, isn't it, with taking risks? There's a thing with get, taking risks. You're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And you have to settle in your heart uh, as you step into the prophetic gift that you are uh, on a journey to take risks and to practice your gift. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong, and you're going to have to be... Uh, okay with, with when it's not 100% right. Now, some of you are probably looking at me and going, what's she on about? I'll get it right 100% of the time. If you get it right 100% of the time, then you're not taking enough risks. <laughs> so you just need to keep pushing out and pushing out and pushing out and standing up in front of people and looking a bit silly because I had a name and it doesn't refer to anybody here this afternoon. So somebody somewhere's missed out on a prophetic word, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> So, almost a year ago, uh, to the day, uh, it wasn't on the conference, it was the week after this conference, we were uh, at another New Frontiers big gathering, and uh, Heidi Baker was speaking at this gathering, and uh, I found myself flat on the floor, like some people were this morning in there, crying out to Jesus, crying and crying out to Jesus, sobbing from here for fresh bread, for something new. Uh, Heidi had been um, speaking about how she works and the only way she works to see the miracles she sees and the breakthrough she sees and the planting of churches that she sees and the saving of orphans that she sees. The only way she does it is by receiving fresh bread from Jesus moment by moment by moment. And I can remember feeling absolutely convicted and feeling, I don't know if anybody did this morning when Jared was speaking, feeling like I was, I was eating yesterday's bread. And uh, my daughter, our daughter, joined us for the Sunday when Heidi was speaking. And uh, Heidi called forward, said, anybody who's hungry, just come forward. Um, and we saw, didn't we? We saw our daughter, Laura, who's a little person. She just was like, but she was like, to the front. And as she went by, I looked, I said, Take me with you. Take me with you. You know, it's like sometimes the younger you are, the quicker you are with these things. Sometimes we get a bit slow. And I knew I was so hungry for God, like this morning. So hungry for something new. And I just went up. On, and Heidi just kept speaking. She kept ministering. The Holy Spirit kept coming in waves over us. And I was just going, God, I just cannot live off stale bread anymore. 
I just can't do it. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you for something new. And you know those times where you literally are, you're, you're crying from here. You know it's your spirit crying out. And uh, I knew I couldn't ignore what God began to say and to speak to me in that moment. And, uh, you know, obviously our lives are very different. Each one of us are very different from each other. And I'm not called to Mozambique to go and do what Heidi does, and neither are you. But you're called by God to do what you do. You are unique. And it was because Heidi was, was ministering from this place of freshness and life and relationship. And just as Jared was saying, this flow, this breath of the Holy Spirit all over her, it caused this cry to come from the inside of me. And about two years um, before that, something similar had happened where I was... Um, yeah, was equally in a in different kind of setting in a similar conference. I was actually uh, in a prayer meeting before the meeting, and uh, we were just praying for one another. And again, I just was on the floor, had this vision of some of the things that Jared was speaking about, just what it would look like if the Holy Spirit was flowing like that through my life regularly. What revival would look like? What a, a massive outpouring of the Spirit would look like over our nation? And I had a vision that, that wrecked me. It was like, you know when you know that two things are very, very different? It was like what I was living in was like the chalk. And what I saw in the vision was like the cheese. It was like, I have to have that. I have to have the reality of what you're showing me. And... Uh, I just, I became very aware when at the Heidi Baker, if you zip back to the Heidi Baker meeting, I was like, Jesus, in our situation at home, in our church situation, we've been going through massive transition, massive change, uh, and our whole energy had been taken up with this. And I was tired. And I felt like I was just getting by with these crumbs of stale bread. And Jesus was like, no, no more. You can't live like that anymore. You have to break out of that. I'm calling you to break out of that. And I knew that something needed to change in that moment, and there needed to be some action. I needed to make some choices. Uh, you know, I was getting on with life. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, like Jared was saying, we're, we're doing the right things. You know, we were busy in church life, busy in family life. We were still running the Prophetic Academy in, in the way that we were doing at that point. Um, we were make, taking risks. We were doing all the right things in, in one sense. But actually, some of that was coming from the little bit of energy that the stale bread gives. And it's not very much, is it? It's boring and tasteless. And life was a little bit like that at that point. And uh, I just knew, as Jesus was speaking to me, there's so much more, there's so much more, there's so much more. So much more. And he's saying that today, isn't he? He's already been speaking about it this morning. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. And sometimes we can strive and struggle and think that we've got to create the so much more. And so we just get into a leaning back on our own resources, trying to do the extra, trying to make it look good, trying to do the, do the stuff. When the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, will you come and drink? Will you come and receive from me. And I knew I was at the beginning of another stage of a journey, a personal journey, actually, 
of obedience to the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, when you hear the word of obedience, do you like, whoa, that means doing things I don't want to do. And we have that weird sort of legalistic idea of obedience that if we don't do it, then we're going to get a big stick wielded over us. We don't actually at times enter into the fact that God is opening a door of fresh relationship with him. He's not wielding a big stick. He's just saying, hey, come and join in with what I'm doing. Come and be with me. You know, I'm going to call you to do some scary things, but I'm going to be with you in it. I'm going to turn up in it. And he invited me into that. And it doesn't mean that when God does that, it doesn't mean that we don't feel a bit fearful and scared about it. Uh, As I said first thing this morning, I knew that I'd become comfortable and familiar with where I was. And the Holy Spirit was calling me to break out of this, but he was going to break me out. He was going to break me out. But I had to actually say yes. You know, we never, ever stop learning, growing, changing. You know, whatever age, whatever stage we're at, however mature we think we've got to, we never get the prophetic nailed. We never get our Christian lives totally nailed and we're perfect, do we, in this life? Or every day is a day of learning. Every day, you know, being out in Zambia with with African Christians, that you learn so much. (laughs) You know, just being around people, you learn so much. I learned so much from the children in our church who prophesy just, you just need to give them 20 seconds and they've got a word. Last, Last year, had a little group of them prophesy over me and it was incredible. I learned so much from from other people and I think we have to have that humility of heart don't we when we get a bit older where we're like well I got this sorted but actually I realized that day when I was crying out to Jesus on the floor actually Jesus I really haven't got this sorted there is so much more for me to step into with you and I knew that the familiar and the comfortable for me was often inside the walls of the church and uh, that Jesus was calling me outside to actually learn how to take the prophetic gift outside of the walls of the church, onto the streets, into my neighbourhood. And uh, that was kind of scary for me. It probably isn't for you. You're probably all doing this. You know, <laughs> pioneering these ministries in your, in your towns and cities, and I hope you are, because uh, it's an amazing thing. And I know, you know, we do need to build church. The, the prophetic, as Jared was so helpfully telling us this morning and helping us this morning we need the prophetic in our churches to bring the imminent presence of God we so do so please 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 pursue that please pursue take risks take risks to do what Jared did this morning don't copy him just when the breath comes on you go for it because it builds the church doesn't it the prophetic is the gift is part of building up the church encouraging bringing comfort edifying And we need that. We all need that. But wouldn't it be amazing uh, if the church was built too with people who encounter Jesus through us and through our gift on the streets and they start to meet Jesus. They start to encounter what heaven tastes like a little bit. They start to begin a journey towards Jesus because one of us takes time to stop for the person in front of us and to love them and share some encouragement with them. And I knew that was part of um, 
what was going on with me. And I needed to overcome some fear and make some choices. And, uh, you know, often people say that faith is spelt R-I-S-K, don't they? Risk. And uh, I, I needed to take some steps of, of faith. And honestly, I can tell you, you learn and you grow into things that you didn't even know you didn't know about when you take risks. A whole world starts opening up for you. Uh, and that's certainly what's been happening for us over these last months. And we learn and grow, as I said, by practicing as well. Just practice. Practice in your small group. Practice in a meeting. Practice in a prayer meeting. Practice with friends. Take, go out for coffee. Practice by giving somebody a word. You know, there's endless, endless things that you can do. But um, I just, re- you know, there's verses in scripture, aren't there, that you read and you kind of want to gloss over them. You know you're part of it, but you, you want to gloss over them sometimes. And I kept reading these verses in Mark 16, where Jesus says, verse 15, he says, Go into the world, all the world, and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So there's some signs coming. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak uh, in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it, would, it won't hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Those kinds of signs, you know, they are the signs of the advance of the kingdom. Kingdom outbreak happens when there are signs and wonders and miracles And Jesus didn't just expect us to go through our Christian lives without any of that happening. You know, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Every one of us has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And we need to drink and drink and drink, like Jared was saying. Receive the Spirit, because our inheritance is to be part of bringing the kingdom on the earth and seeing those kinds of things happening. And I became acutely aware that I wasn't really walking in that kind of supernatural power. You know, you you have sorties into it, don't you? Where you're praying for someone and there's some breakthrough. You see some healing here and healing there and you see a bit of this and someone coming to the Lord and all these kinds of things, which all of them are good. All of that is good. But as a lifestyle, I definitely wasn't living like that. Maybe all of you are already. So, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. But I found that there was a disconnect between what I was reading and what I was living, there was a disconnect, but in my spirit, in my heart, there was a desire to connect, for those things to connect. So, you know, God always works in relationship, doesn't he? He puts choices in front of us because he loves us. He doesn't want to propel us into something without us making a choice. We get a choice to love him. We get a choice to worship him. We get a choice to follow him. We get a choice to love him. We get a choice to talk to him. We get a choice for how much we do that. You know, he loves us that much that he wants a living, breathing, moving relationship with us every day. He won't just say, right, okay, you've done enough of that. I'm going to move you over here. Okay, oh, no, we're going over here. You know, we're not robots that he programs. And I realized that I needed to make some choices for things to change. 
And we have to do something about what he's saying. So the things he's saying to you today, the things that he's stirring on the inside, don't forget to jot some of those down in, in your notebook or on your phone because you will need to go back and process some of these things because God actually is probably saying there's some choices that you need to make here. There's some changes that you need to make as a result of today. And we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and jump in with him because there's an adventure waiting for every one of you. And that's what we've discovered. Um, I, I knew that Jesus was calling me to deeper levels of obedience. He wanted me to go beyond the familiar beyond the, the comfortable. He wanted to break me out of those things and uh, to take the prophetic outside of the familiar. You know, it's hard for prophetic people to get stuck in a rut because we always want to break out of the rut, don't we? But I think sometimes we need to allow God to shake us a little bit more and shake us right outside the rut and put us in a totally different environment. And... My challenge to you today is, is where is your prophetic gift? Jesus wants you to take that to another level. Where are you at with it? Have you become comfortable in what you do? Have you become settled? Are you doing what you're used to doing prophetically? Or are you pushing out? Are you expecting him to speak in situations where perhaps he hasn't before? And for you to share those, those things that he's putting on your heart. And it will be different um, for every one of you. Because some of you may be starting out in this. So the thought of going out on the streets and uh, sharing a prophetic word puts the fear of God in you. So wherever you are, realize that whatever risk God is saying to take, it's going to be a bit scary. So for some of you, it might just be that you're beginning to bring prophetic words or words of knowledge in your small group or your life group or whatever you call them. You know, get to do that regularly. Start doing that regularly. Not every, once every month or six months or something. Start to get that moving. Start to look for opportunities to bring words to people. Start asking God, expecting him to speak to you, to bless people around you and to connect. I mean, the prophetic connects people to the heart of God, doesn't it? You know, your friend, your neighbor, whoever, that, whoever around your life needs some encouragement. The whole world needs encouragement. People we meet, people we come across. You know, if you smile at someone sometimes, it doesn't half break a cracks open a smile on their face, doesn't it? And if you actually speak to them, it changes them. We were in, um, in a restaurant where there was a team, a new team on, and they were going to start... Uh, they were being moved. This whole team was doing a practice night. And the lady that was managing the team, it was like chaos, wasn't it, that night? My meal was all over the place. They hadn't got this. They hadn't got that. And then when they bought it, it was like, oh, my word, what's happened here? And I could see the panic on the manager's face. She was like, oh, my word, my team's not doing very well tonight. And they kept coming to the table to say, really sorry, really sorry. And we just kept going, it's okay, it's okay. And uh, I, I thought, right, I'm not going to make a fuss. Just eat the meal and move on to what we need to move on to. I went over to the manager and I looked in her eyes and I said, I just want to give you a hug. You're doing an amazing job. And she said, don't, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that wasn't a major prophetic word. That was simply my heart encouraging the heart of another person. And sometimes it's as simple as that. I wanted to connect her heart 
to Jesus at that moment and say, you're doing an amazing job. And uh, we haven't seen her again, but I hope we will get to see her because she's really special. Um, And perhaps for some of you, it is bringing a word on a Sunday morning in your church. If you haven't done that lately or you've never done it, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to my church? How can I bring the imminent presence of God tomorrow morning? How do you want me to bring the imminent, your imminent presence into the meeting? And if you need time to prepare for that, then prepare for it. Take some time over the next few weeks. And then take that scary journey, you know, that scary journey to the front. I don't know how your church does it. Scary journey to the front when they say, oh, no, we haven't got time for the prophetic this morning. And you take that scary... No. I hope they will go, wow, that's amazing. Would you like to share that? And it might be a simple picture with a simple meaning that simply just breaks open the meeting. And that's how God wants to use you. He can use you like that as you trust him. And as you speak, the Holy Spirit comes. And the whole thing, the worship just takes off. Take a risk. Just watch out for people around your life. Who's God highlighting around your life to pray for for a bit? You know, who do you keep noticing? Start praying for them. Just write down what God says to you. You can just put it in a card and give it to them. Or you can go up to them on a Sunday or any day and go, I just feel like I've got a bit of a word for you. Would you mind if I just spoke that over your life? You know, if you want to get someone else with you, a friend who can hear it too, do that. Just be intentional. So all these ways might be risky. You know, ask God for a Holy Spirit. Ask, ask God for the Holy Spirit. You will ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit for a, for a word of knowledge for someone when you're out and about. Because you just don't know where that's going to go. And ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to this person? It might be just a phrase that really blesses them and really encourages them. And it's so exciting when that happens for people who aren't yet Christians. Encourage, perhaps encourage those, like I just spoke to you about doing when you're um, having a coffee. You might be sat in Costa's or Starbucks or somewhere with a friend and you just notice somebody. And uh, we've, we've been going through some of the Sean Bolts, uh, the American prophet. Do you know the American prophet Sean Bolt uh, from L.A.? We've been going through some of his material at home on words of knowledge. And I'd really recommend the God Secrets equals for a group in your church. It's fantastic. And so some of us have been really, really challenged to reach out to people when we're out and about and start doing that. We've got to do more. We've got loads more to do than we're doing. Um, but... It's incredible when you start to do it, even though you feel scared. Um, give a prophetic word to one of your leaders or youth team or children's workers. You know, just do something different. Take a risk and bless someone and encourage someone around your life. Whatever, wherever it is, whatever sort of thing it is. Ask your Holy Spirit, perhaps, what does your neighbor need? What does a work colleague need? Take them a gift. Perhaps just then say, I'd really like to share. Just say, I'm learning to hear God's voice. I'm a Christian. They may know that. I'm learning to hear God speak. I wonder whether you would mind if I shared what I feel he might be saying. 
please don't do the thus says the Lord. But I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Just gently offer it to them. You know, it's quite likely that you'll find someone in a soggy heap because you've just touched their hearts so deeply with the presence of Jesus. Whether they recognise that's what it is at that moment or not. It's quite incredible. I've got, we've got some friends who are on a bit of a journey at the moment and, and sometimes we take the opportunity to pray with them. And uh, a couple of times when we've done that, uh, the lady, she just looks at me and she goes, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? You just say what's in my heart. And I'm like, it's just talking to Jesus. It's simple for us. It's every day. It's, every, it's so easy for us. But when we release what's in our hearts over people, they experience Jesus. Sometimes for the very first time, the very first time we prayed for her, she quickly told us before I opened my mouth, oh, I lost my faith a long time ago. And I said, it doesn't matter because we've got faith today. And it's set them on a bit of a journey, hasn't it? And we love them dearly and they love us dearly. But they don't know Jesus yet, but they're opening up. So just offer, offer to pray. And if you've got something, as you've been praying and asking God, you know, you could bring a word of knowledge into somebody's life that starts to break them open towards salvation, towards being rescued. You could bring encouragement at the most vital time. I've got a friend who um, actually shared a word with her hairdresser that she discovered several weeks later that stopped this girl going and committing suicide that day. It can be as serious as that. And yet the word was so simple. It was all about how, how loved she was, how much her family loved her, how much she shouldn't make a rash decision about something. And my friend didn't know what the rash decision was. And a a few weeks later, she said, you know, I was going to go home and kill myself. But because you said those words, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew there was more life to live. That's pretty serious, isn't it? That's how powerful the prophetic is. The prophetic rescues. It gives purpose. It gives hope. brings life. So the possibilities, you know, if someone's sick, you know, somebody's not very well at work, take a risk and perhaps ask them if you could pray for them. Be sensitive to them. Just ask God for the opportunity and he'll give it to you. See what he does. Every time we pray, he does something. As I said, the possibilities are endless. So I just want you to take 30 seconds to ask Ask God, what would take me out of my comfort zone? What are you asking me to do, Lord? What are you asking me to do? You know, not one thing is better than another. You don't get more brownie points for doing, doing out on the streets than you do in church. It's all, all the same to God. He just wants a loving, obedient heart. You know, it's, it's about going on a fun adventure with the Holy Spirit. It's not about legalism. So just ask him, 30 seconds. What risk do you want me to take, Lord? What risk?
If you can, just jot it down and put it on your notes on your phone. Put a date on it. Put big asterisks by it, because you need to go back to it. If we get time at the end, we'll go back to it, but time is marching on, so I will march on. You know, we can't bolt these things on to the rest of life. This isn't another chore that you have to chalk up. I don't want it to be like that. I don't want you to go home today and feel, oh, Joe just gave us another load of things to do. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, break out of the boring. Break out of the same old, same old. Spend some time with Jesus and chew over some fresh bread and see what he says. Enjoy the freshness of the spring rains of his presence on you. He might be redirecting you. I think for some of you, you've got some dreams in your heart that you, you haven't actually stepped out in these things yet. And yet, like me, you're longing to, but you're just a bit scared. So we realized we needed to do something. And I started praying. And uh, I felt like God was saying, go and spend some time with people who are already doing what you dream of doing. And uh, I held on to it for a bit because I knew what they did. And I knew it was pretty scary. Uh, And I didn't let anybody know. And then I was praying upstairs in our room. one day and Paul was working downstairs and I came downstairs and I said, oh, I can't get away from this thing I've been praying about. Can I ask you something at some point today? And he said, why not now? So uh, I said, okay. So he lifted his head from his computer and I knew that I had his attention. And I said, I really feel like God's asking me to do that training in supernatural ministry. The church is two hours away from our church where they do this, but we do have connection with them. Um, and I said, and it's weekly. So I was like, I just really feel we need to explore it. And he looked up again and he goes, yep, that's great. Yep, let's do it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. He doesn't even want time to consider. And if you knew my husband, like I do, you would know that consideration is the order of the day. <laughs> we do not do things on a whim which is great because I would do everything on a whim so I need someone to balance me. But on this occasion, he was the leading, we are doing this. And I was like, no, slow down, (laughs) it's scary. Uh, But we ended up applying to do it, having our little interview separately, me upstairs, him downstairs, on FaceTime with one of the team. And behold, we got accepted. They were very excited about it, weren't they? And uh, so we, we went, we started going. And on the, I think it was probably the first weekend, uh, I was really, really like a bit nervous about going. Because normally I go to this place and, and uh, I have this, you know, I have the prophetic hat on and all this kind of stuff. And I wanted to take all my hats and all my masks off and I just needed to be Joe. And that's absolutely what they wanted. They didn't want me to try to be anything. They didn't want me to assume, you know, they treated me as me and they affirmed us as us. And I soon began to realize on the first weekend that actually, if you're going to grow in taking risks with God, you have to grow in knowing who you are, growing in your identity as a child of God. 
Because if you don't, you will just keep trying and keep trying to do stuff. And then if it doesn't work, or it goes a bit wrong, you just get discouraged and you give up. But actually, when you know in here, and you're deep in your heart, deep in your spirit, that you are a child of God and that you're lavishly loved by your Father, extravagantly, extravagantly loved, whether you get the prophetic word right or wrong, whether you take the risk and it goes amazingly well or it falls a bit flat, ha, you're still extravagantly loved as a son of God and a daughter of God. And it's getting some of these things settled. And I realized in that first weekend, some of those things have become wobbly in my foundations. I realized that I was actually going around the place believing some lies about myself that made stepping out in risks even worse. You know, we'd had a few things happen in our church, and, and uh, I don't need to go into the details of that, but I just had this horrible feeling on the inside that I wasn't good enough to do these things anymore, that my day was done, that I'd done what I could, and that someone younger needed to come in and take over. And so I was living. I don't know whether you have subconscious things like that, where you don't actually really know that that lie is playing in your mind. And when we were in Zambia, I, I threw out a whole lot of lies, and I said, well, you're good Zambian Christians, so you probably don't believe any of these lies. And there was this massive ripple of laughter went through the building, because they all, they all had things where they have times where it's like, oh, I don't quite measure up to this task. Oh, I think... It's that person over there. They've got a stronger gift than me. I'll leave it to them. My gift is not good enough. Or I don't know if I measure up. I don't know if I'm really worth it. I don't know if God loves me all the time. You know how you get those lies that eat into your mind? It'll be something, it could be something very different from the things that I think. But I knew that first weekend, Jesus actually put his finger on my heart put his hand on my heart actually I shall never forget it he came really close to me and he said can I put my hand on your heart and I knew my heart was hurting over a few things and I knew that I was believing things about myself that weren't true that were going to hinder me from stepping out into taking massive risks and I had to face up to that I couldn't hide the lie anymore I actually needed to come before him and repent of the lie that I was believing about myself. I knew that in my mind was playing out this thing. Ah, oh, you're not good enough anymore. You used to be really up for this. It's not working out for you anymore. They don't want you anymore. You don't belong anymore. And I knew that those things, whatever the lie is for you, you know that that's a massive hindrance because what it does is it, it puts a ceiling on where you're going. You can only go as far as uh, what you're believing. And if you're believing that you can't do it and that it's not going to work out, so you may as well not do it, it's all going to go wrong. What happens if the person doesn't like it if I bring a word of knowledge? What happens if, if um, I get it wrong? What happens if I just start to prophesy on, on Sunday morning and it goes, bah, 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 bah. I don't know what to say. You know that awful feeling when you're holding the mic? They've handed the mic over to you and you're like, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit comes and gives you the meaning of the picture that you had. Yeah, he turns up. And we have to realize that we've got to let go of the lies. We need to identify them. And then we need to let go of them. We need to dialogue with Jesus over them a bit. 
actually admit it. Admitting it for me was hard. Admitting that my heart was hurting and I felt left out of a situation. I felt like the doors had been barred to me, that my voice didn't carry the influence that it had carried. And that was an identity issue. I was putting all my identity in my, my function rather than my relationship with Jesus. And our identity is always, always comes from our relationship with Jesus and the fact that we are lavishly, extravagantly, over-the-top loved by Jesus, by our Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit is actually our friend, our comforter, our helper. He empowers us. And those truths, we need to get hold of truth and let it become part of us. And we've been on a bit of a journey of letting truth in a fresh way become part of us. This whole thing about being lavishly loved. You know, I, I get this thing now. When I, when I take a risk, I sense the presence of the Lord with me and I sense him going, go on, you're my girl, you're my girl, you're, I'm here, I'm with you. And it's a powerful thing. I see his eyes sometimes watching. Even this morning when we were in worship, I saw his eyes, his eyes of passion, his eyes of love. And there'll be ways that the Lord reveals himself to you that is unique for you. And when you get into a situation where you need to take a risk and step out and do something scary, you're going to feel the fear. Believe me, I had to overcome some fear recently when we were out on an outreach. And there was a, obviously a homeless lady um, sat in the stairwell in a car park. And uh, we met her, the team I was with, we met her. And she's a beautiful lady. There's some beauty on the inside of her. And I saw it the very first time I met her. She was disheveled and broken, but I saw this beauty in her. Just, Jesus just revealed this beauty in her. And uh, we chatted, she told us some, uh, her story is horrendous. And we were standing uh, at the bottom of the stairwell and she was sat on the stairwell up to the multi-story car park, you know, the sort of thing. And uh, I knew that I needed to take a risk with her and actually go and sit with her on the concrete on the stair and put my arm around her and hug her and talk with her and ask if we could pray with her. And do you know, that was a scary thing for me to do because do you know what happens to me? In that moment, I get a bit scared. What are the people going up to their cars going to think? They're going to think I'm homeless with her. They're going to think I'm with her. And I thought, oh Jesus, I'm so sorry. I am with her because you sent me to her. And it was my privilege and my delight with my friend Debbie that night to sit down on the cold concrete floor and pray with her. Now, she didn't get saved that night, but I believe that we connected her with the love of Jesus. And and Paul and I have met her again. And she's hilarious, isn't she? She lives a very, very difficult life. And she's, she's not one of these people who complies with everything. You know, she's a toughie. She said, she said, she's so funny one night, wasn't she? She goes, I said, yeah, but can't you get a bed at so-and-so or something? She said, who wants to go there and just have soup and sandwiches? She said, I told my police constable, no, Dan, I am not going and having the same old sandwiches again. You know, couldn't, couldn't you actually identify with that? You know, we don't want to eat the same soup and sandwiches every day. You and I don't do that, do we? Anyway, we, we helped her a little bit that night. And, uh, okay, I'm all right. I'm on a roll. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just really, really special to actually break through the fear of man 
That was, that's why I tell you the story. Because with that and many other examples, giving a word of knowledge in, in uh, one of the restaurants, and then actually I thought I got it completely wrong for this guy. But I said, oh, it doesn't matter about the name. Don't worry about the name. I'll just, um, I just want to tell you what's on God's heart for you. And it turned out that the name was somebody that he was connected with and the word meant something to him. And he was really grateful, wasn't he? And we chat to him. He hasn't got saved yet. But actually, it, it's an unusual experience for people. They're getting connected with God. And for all those things, believe me, I'm probably the biggest scaredy cat to do any of them. And I was sat with Paul and another friend of ours, and I said, I think I've got oh, something for the, the, the guy over there. He reminded me of someone. That's why my, the attention, my attention was so taken by him, because he reminded me of someone. And I just knew that God was speaking, and I thought, I said to Paul and our friend Jules, I said, I've got, I don't know what to do with it. How do we get him over here? And Jules, or you said, um, oh, just ask the waitress to get him to come over. And I said, okay, could you ask that guy to come over? Tell him it's all good. So he comes over to the table and it's like, uh, yeah, hi. And uh, we started just to, to speak to him. We ended up praying for him. I've learned, you know, from doing this training to pray for people with my eyes open, which is a real scary thing because you have to look them in the eye. Because it's a bit weird if you, if you assume the Christian. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really want you to do that. They want real gutsy reality. And uh, I know that God is calling us to take risks outside of the walls of the church. Inside and outside. Carry the kingdom. But I do know that we have to grow in our identity. In order to connect with the confidence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jared spoke about it very brilliantly this morning. You just know that the breath of God comes in the moment. I don't get goosebumps or feel like, you know, usually when I'm out, when we're out and about, when we've done some of the, the prophesying over people in the teams that we've done, you don't get all the, you know, keyboard playing, and then you get the word, and you go up. You just, there the person is in front of you in the, under the gazebo in the middle of the town. And you're saying, oh, can I just share with you what I feel God is saying? It's amazing when you do it, you know. You know, sometimes they say, yeah, that means so much to me. Sometimes there's tears. Sometimes they say, thanks very much. That was really good. We had one guy who walked past us and then came back. And I had a young guy with me in the team. And he had loads of stuff for this, this guy. And then I prayed. And he said, I'm so glad I came back, you know. He said, my mum used to read the Bible to me. And he knew all sorts of stories from the Bible. He said, I've never done anything with it. So we encouraged him. We gave him a card and encouraged him to connect with an Alpha course. And, you know, it, it, it's just, he walked straight by. And then he turned around. And this young guy, Ricky, said, hey, can we, can we talk to you a minute? And he came back and he said, thank you so much. Now, I know that I've got to put these things into practice in my own town, in my own situation. We're still doing the course at the moment. We're still learning. We're rookies at this. But it is actually important that while you're learning to take risks, you have to settle in your heart, grow in your own identity. Meditate on the scripture. Meditate on what, who God says you are. Meditate on verses like, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, 
that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Read, I've been reading Romans 8 recently, and I'll just throw that out to you. You're adopted as his child. You're chosen. You're set apart. You're adopted in his family. You belong to him. You know, his spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are his son, his daughter. Read through Romans 8 and just receive into your spirit who you are. You need to be able to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is who God made me to be. You know, when you learn and receive a bit more about who you really are, who you are, what is your identity? Who does God say you are? How does God feel about you? How does he see you? You know, just as you're asking God prophetically how he sees other people, spend some time asking him, how do you see me, Father? Let the scriptures just just wave after wave of truth in the spirit just come over you because what it does is it produces confidence on the inside of you so when you're in the the situations and you've got to take a risk you're just like okay here i am i'm his son i'm his daughter i have the holy spirit i'm adopted into his family holy spirit and me we're a majority we can do this we can take this risk And you can take it, whether it goes really well or not so well. Because you're secure. It's building up security in your identity. It's in you being a child of God. It's not in what you do. You don't get your worth out of what you do. I know a lot of us do. I mean, yes, we do a little bit because we get fulfillment in what we do. And God made us to get fulfillment in what we do. But actually, the base of it is who you are in Christ. And I haven't got time to run through all that. There's loads, but Romans 8 is a great place to start. Just looking at the time. You know, I know that I wouldn't do any of these scary things if I let fear and intimidation and lies hold me back. You know, the fear of man is a trap, isn't it? As it says in Proverbs Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back, but when you place your confidence in the Lord, you'll be seated in high places. And when I read that, that's a Passion Translation extension on that verse. And when I read that, it made me think of Ephesians 2, 6 that says, Um, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, when we go out on the streets, when we are in church and we take a risk, do you see yourself seated in heavenly places? You're with him. He's going to turn up. Holy Spirit is going to do something through your life, every one of you. Don't think of yourself as a scared little mouse who might get it wrong. Think of yourself as bold as a lion in the presence of God, ready to just be that person who offers the truth, offers encouragement, offers a prophetic word, shares a picture, shares a word of knowledge, shares an impression. You might have a dream about someone and you actually then find yourself in the situation, oh my goodness, I had a dream about this. And God has spoken in the dream. Be bold and take some risks. Always remember to encourage uh, one another as well. That's, it's huge and huge, huge 
to give courage to one another through your words. Because Paul and our friend Jules said, come on, you've got to go for it. We're here. When we were in the restaurant, I thought, yeah, I can do this. Not only have I got Jesus with me, but he's actually put a couple of encouragers with me. You know, we can spur one another on to do these good deeds. So in your small group at home, in your prophetic group, in your prayer group, whatever, encourage one another. Say, come on, guys, let's go down to the coffee shop. Let's go down and see what happens. Or you could share with someone. You feel like you've got a word brewing inside for a Sunday morning. And those friends will say, okay, we're right with you. Sit together. Sit together and encourage each other. Go, come on, come on, we feel it's now. Go and share it, go and share it. We're with you, we're with you. That makes such a difference, doesn't it? Remember who you are. Remember who, how God feels about you right now. Remember what God says about you. Get your scriptures, get those truths. Where the, you know where the scripture, when you're reading the Bible and scriptures jump out at you? Get a hold of those and make them part of you because they literally will help you in those moments of needing to take a risk with your gift. You'll do things that you never thought you would do. You know, when we were um, praying for these people in, in the town, you know, I, I have to say, I was surprised at how much God did. It was like everybody was... I mean, there were some people that, um, like Jared was saying, they use horrible language at you because they don't want, you know, they're like, get out of my life, just get lost, or something worse. And you, but you need the confidence inside, you know, to go, okay, that's fine, bless you anyway. You don't always say that, you just think it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't rile them any more than they are riled. And you just pray, don't you? God, just touch their life. There's nothing I can do right now. But lots and lots of people in these days, as Jared was saying, they are wide open to this. And it's, it helps if you can get some of you together to do it. Yeah, do it on your own if you feel confident. But it really, really helps, I can tell you, to do it with other people because it's a lot less scary. I remember walking up to a homeless guy in um, Horsham thinking I really needed to do something and it didn't go too well. And I was a bit scared because he grabbed my hand and kissed it. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen? I mean, it was okay because the, you know, it was fine. It wasn't dark or anything. He was just desperate, this poor guy. Just desperate. And it takes a lot for me to do that, you know? I, I just think, oh, no, I can't, oh, I just want to walk by. And I must say, the other day, I did just walk by, not that guy, because I just thought, oh, I just don't know what to do, it's too big. But you'll know, you'll know when the Holy Spirit is just prompting you to take a bit of a risk. So time is going, and I want you to have a think about some things. Remember, 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 remember that you are a beloved son and a beloved daughter. Go for a search through the scriptures about who you are in God and who God says you are. And you will grow big on the inside again. I've, over these months, I have grown big on the inside again. Sometimes I forget it, and I have to remind myself of it all. It's not that I get it, I'm, I wake up every morning happy <laughs> when challenges come. But actually, we need to remind ourselves of these things because, because the truth, knowing the truth, sets us free to be the people that God called us to be. In, in, in John 8, you'll be familiar with that scripture, John 8, 31 and 32. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free to be the man and woman of God that you're called to be. So, 
Remember that you, take, you step out and take a risk from a place of approval. Your father approves of you, whether your, heavenly, your earthly father approved of you or not, or whether he did sometimes or not, whether he was fickle in his love. Your heavenly father approves of you. He approves of you. Maybe some of you this afternoon need to get that right deep in you that I'm approved of. I have my father's approval. I'm worth so much to him. He died. Jesus died for me. Some of you need to know that you're lavishly loved. Just receive the lavish love of Jesus once again. Let him love you lavishly. Let him be proud of you. You know, do you let, do you, can you imagine Jesus talking about you and being proud of you? Just do that as an exercise. Just let him be proud of you. He's proud of you because we're proud of our kids, aren't we? We're all proud of our kids. No matter what they do, we still love them because we reflect the nature of God. And no matter what happens, he loves us, but he loves us, but he loves us, but he loves us. And forgiveness and restoration is always there. There's always a second and a third and a fourth chance. And on and on and on. So if you feel like you've blown it a few times, this is just the moment to start all over again. So I would love you to, um, to just find a partner and possibly someone that you don't know so well. So this is going to actually require you to move around a little bit. Just get in a pair with someone else. Don't be scared. This is the first risk. Take a risk and find someone you don't know. It does require you standing up and moving around. Stretch your legs a bit. Introduce yourself. And then find somewhere to uh, sit or stand. Okay? Has everybody got a partner? Anybody not? Stick your hand in the air if you haven't got a partner and then find that person. There's a, there's a lady here. You guys, anybody else not got a partner? Okay, let's move on because we haven't got a lot of time. If you could just face the front and listen. Anybody still on their own? Paul, there's, there's a gentleman here. Could you join here in the Navy cardigan, yeah? Do you want to join him? Do you want to go? Oh, no. Oh, there's another one here. Oh, do you want? Yeah, do you want to join up? There's someone else for you. Okay, so you've all got a partner, yeah? Great. Okay, so I want you to think just again for about, I can only give you sort of 30 seconds-ish to do this because we've only got a certain number of minutes. We finish at quarter two. I just want you to think first and be really brave. Uh, we're just going to pray and we're going to ask Holy Spirit just to uncover any lies that you're believing about yourself. Anything that's restricting you and stopping you stepping out. Something that you might, you might not even know what that is at this minute. 
But we're going to ask Holy Spirit to reveal that. And then I want you to share it. Uh, First person shares it and then the next person shares it. Okay, so let's just pray for a moment. Sorry, Jay, can I share about ourselves or about the other person? No, about you. This is you sharing something that you're aware of about yourself. That's a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah, thanks, Rupert. Okay. Okay, Lord. We want to thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for just how much you love us. That you don't condemn us. That there is no longer any condemnation. Lord, you may convict us of something that we're thinking about ourselves and we say, Holy Spirit, just come right now. Reveal something on the inside of us that we may not have been aware of. We're just asking you right now, Holy Spirit, uncover it. Uncover it. So that we can deal with this and let go of it. Okay, if you've got something, just begin to share that between you. Just share. One person shares and then the other person shares. Finish, just stick your hand in the air. 
When your group is your pair is finished, just let me know. Are you done? Okay, last few seconds to share your where that is. Okay. Okay, so here's the next bit that I want you to do. Can you look this way again? Because there's something else to do now. Okay, what I want you to do now is uh, to take it in turns to just listen to God for the other person now. I want you to listen to God for some truth that he is speaking over your partner. So something that is, he's going to, to drop into your heart, drop into your mind, and you are going to speak and declare. Oh, no, we've got to do one thing before that, actually. What I want you to do is, um, is for the first person to actually, before you do that, is to let go of the lie. So you actually speak it out and say, I let go of the lie that I am not good enough anymore. And actually just hand it over to Jesus. And then I want the, the other person to um, have, take a few, just a few seconds, we'll have a f another little few seconds to do that, is just to listen to the Holy Spirit for some truth that you are then going to declare and pro kind of prophesy over the person, into them, some encouragement. It can be a scripture, it can be a sense of scripture, whatever it is, just something that you can really, God gives you in the moment just to release over their life that they can go away from here with and live with the reality of it. And then do it the other way around. Then the other person says, I let go of the lie. Lord, I'm sorry that I've believed this lie about myself and I let go of this and give it to Jesus. Speak it out what it is to him and then the next person. So is that clear? Everybody okay with that? Yep. Okay, so you've got to start with letting, number one, letting go of the lie. Number two, truth. And then the other way around. Okay? Okay, I can see that there's quite a lot going on. So you're getting encouraged. So God has been doing things and is still doing things. So who's been encouraged? this afternoon just by those few moments just to finish because we literally need to finish and take a break before the last session with Jared um, I would love you to share with your partner what that risk was that you wrote down as well um, and just maybe a 20 second prayer for one another uh, over it but also if you wanted to you could take, you could actually, you, you know, you've got to ask permission over this, these days of GDPR, but you could exchange numbers and even text each other. Do, have you taken your risk yet? <laughs> if you wanted to do that, I can tell you that's really good fun because you know that you're going to get a text, so you're like, oh, here we go, Bob. So, yeah, share the risk that you feel that the Holy Spirit is challenging you with. And then if you want to, and I would recommend it, unless you feel uncomfortable, I'm not telling you you've got to do this, um, exchange 
phone numbers and text each other from time to time. You know, I'm not saying all the time. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe in a month's time, you, you text and say, oh, how do you get on with your risk? Or have you taken it yet? Just, uh, it's an idea. We did it. I did it with um, some people. And it's, it's a great idea because it helps you. But anyway, share that risk and then we need to finish. So... I just want to say well done everybody, well done for taking your, uh, take, taking risks even already this afternoon, well done for praying for each other, listening to God for each other and stepping out, thanks for listening, thanks for staying with me through it and I'm just closing the session now because we need to uh, take a little break before the next session at 3 which will be back in there, okay. Sunday morning.